sorry. ago on the head. Um, just before we start, I'd really like to thank Judith Kester for putting together the little video clip that we're going to see each week, different people's opinions on Christmas, answering those same questions, and yeah, just um, thank you to all those people as well, so come along, you might be seeing some more people, um, if you know your video, you might see my face, you know, um, and the, um, yeah, it's quite interesting, and they all were off the cuff, so they were very brave people declined to do that because they couldn't, couldn't put enough preparation but it's just really spontaneous so thank you for them and yeah so Christmas as an interruption it's that time of year again Christmas might attend and upper heart had its Christmas tree up before Labor weekend and it was, um, and it was too soon for me um, I wasn't ready for Christmas yet it interrupted my plans and my set of rules around Christmas didn't sit very well in the Kerry world. <laughs> Which is funny, because as I said, I had this idea about Christmas as an interruption I'd seen was planted quite a few months ago in my mind about what it was. Christmas as an interruption. It interrupts the flow of our normal routines and normal life. It challenges me to think outside the box, um, outside of the normal. And it makes me stop, or doesn't maybe get busier, I'm not sure. But it just definitely, it sometimes adds additional burden, like talking. <laughs> but, um, but it can also help strip away the unnecessary and focus on what is most helpful. God uses Christmas each year to interrupt how I think, and hopefully how you think, and how we act, and how we see him. So over the next four weeks, um, as we prepare for Christmas, um, it's quite exciting. We've got more than preachers in a row. <laughs> and yeah, so there's going to be a few interruptions, a few things that will be different. And um, hopefully Christmas this year will be able to challenge us, surprise us, and I hope that you will join with me in letting Christmas be an interruption to you. The hair, Carrie. I know, I said I've got too much hair. Do you want some, Rob? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this morning we, sit, we lit the first of the Advent candles and as the candle of hope. And we heard the story of Mary and Joseph and how their lives and plans were interrupted. The hope, their hope and their future were exchanged for shame and confusion 
and fear and God's plans, which were far bigger, and looked at the big picture. How often does this happen to you? You have it all sorted. Plans to go study somewhere, or stay in the, the job that you've got, and a comfy life, and then it all changes. Today, I'm planning on defining hope, and seeing how Christmas can give us hope, and to look a little deeper into this gift of hope that we, as followers of Jesus, can share with other people. In my work, Tuesdays to Fridays, I hear many stories and come across many young people who have no dreams and no goals. For some, the world is quite overwhelming. Climate change, rainbow rights, political confusion. Others live with trauma, violence, chaos, and poverty, and um, things that adults bring into their lives, things they have no control over. Others just have a poor self-image and think they're not enough. In essence, they have no hope. And it just got me thinking about hope and how the hope that we have as Christians, and does this faith we have in God, does it give me hope and how I can help, this hope can help the world? Can the Christmas story really provide hope and break the cycle that, that I see in the young people that I work with and give answers to the young people I work with and to our neighbours and to our colleague, work colleagues and even to ourselves some days? I believe it can. Hope it is. If love makes the world go round, then I think that hope is the thing that propels us. It's like a fuel, or maybe it's the target that we're aiming at. Dictionaries define hope as to expect with confidence, to cherish a desire with anticipation, optimism. It's a verb, it's an action, it's not passive. But it's also not yet. It's something that's to come. It's the opposite to despair. For when there is no hope, there's only a gap, nothing, a space. But if there is a gap or a space, then we can fill it. We can offer something. And this is hope. Interestingly, Google had the biblical hope as something different than normal hope. Because hope, as we said before, commonly means a wish and it's the strength and is the strength of the person's desire. For example, I put my name down to run a half marathon in February. So, there's a lot of hope. <laughs> I will achieve this goal. Now, there's training, I have to lose some weight and probably a lot of encouragement from other people and I paid my money, that's always a good <laughs> incentive. But this all relies on me doing things. But as Christians, it's the confidence and the expectation that we have in what God has promised, and its strength in his faithfulness. So it's not about us. 
we have to lead and guide and direct people to God, God's promises. And we have to let God's character and trust in that. And then our hopes will be realized. Jeremiah 29, 11. The Lord talking to the Israelites in captivity. They've been away from their home for over 70 years. The temple is in ruins. Hope would have been diminished. But he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Hope is littered throughout the Bible. And hopefully I'll be able to show you that. Now there's four, I've come, I've thought of four things about this hope that we have as Christians and things that we can share with other people. There's probably millions of other things in the Bible that we can share, but I've chosen just four for this morning. The first one is, what is this hope that we have to share with others? Well, we can share our knowledge and our love of Jesus. Got to get to know Jesus, the Son of God, who became a man, came as a tiny, vulnerable baby to walk on this earth beside us. Because some, someone who knows the human condition, who understands what's hard and how hard it can be, um, and who gave up his life and hope and experienced utter despair with separation from God. But conquered death. Psalm 27 1 tells us, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So the first gift of hope is Jesus, our Saviour, God and our friend. How are you going to share him and his story this Christmas? Hebrews 6 verse 17 speaks of God's unchanging character. It speaks of God sending Jesus who went before us behind the curtain as a high priest. It describes hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. That's the first thing we've got to share with other people. The second is by loving other people. We can be the light in dark places. This shares hope. It's the challenging of sacrificial giving. It's giving even when it's hard. It's sharing life with others. Walking alongside the lost, the lonely and the sick, and the marginalized. John 13 verse 34 instructs us to love one another so that all men will come and know that you are my disciples. So it's also about unity as a gift that we can give to this world. We see in the Christmas story how God taught Joseph what love looked like. In Matthew 1 verse 19, Ben read it to us earlier, we were told that he was a righteous man and that he didn't want to expose Mary to any harm, so he was just going to quietly walk away into haunting. But with angels and dreams and miraculous things, Christmas shows us that 
what God did to Joseph. He changed his heart and he was able to then um, follow the Lord's what the Lord commanded. He took Mary home to be his wife. By loving in hard places and at hard times, by abundantly sharing this love, we can share hope. Third thing I've got, gift that we've got to share of hope, is the gift of eternal life gives us hope. There's global warming, pollution, Elon Musk creating more rockets to shoot up in space so we can have another life on Mars. Cairo suspension, I don't even know if that's real, but science fiction tells us we can ice our bodies and when there's diseases that can get cures for, they can rise people again up. Live. There's beauty spas and medicine that all try to keep us looking young and living as long as we can. Eternal life is something that I can't even, to be honest, imagine. If you need to go deeper in this, talk to Rob about theology of it. I've got no idea. But I'd just like to say that as we live our lives here on earth, and if we have an eternal perspective, it gives us hope that that small act of kindness is not wasted. That seeking God's perspective on earthly, common, everyday things can change the cosmos and change someone else's life. By not storing up our treasures here on earth, seeing people through God-colored glasses, by looking up and looking forward to life beyond today, to eternity, it gives us all hope. Where there'll be no illness, no pollution, eternity humbles us. We are just a small part of God's big picture. It gives us hope that we too can be with God and help, and he can help us do the hard things that we have to do. We have in the future. Anyway, eternity is a gift that we can share with people. And as I said before, there's lots of different ideas. Getting to know God and his character will give us hope. And there's more things in the Bible than we even realize the hope that he gives us. Just for me, a seeing a simple rainbow and knowing that God promised never to flood the whole earth gives me hope that that rainbow reminds me that God keeps his promises and that there are so many more things. But the final gift of, I think we can give other people is forgiveness. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. What a thought. I like walking and I can just imagine standing on the top of a hill having a bird's eye view as far as the eye can see, unlimited, and to know that in either direction God is working to remove the things that I've done wrong, to remove our transgressions, our sin, our folly, our thought life, our negative attitudes. What a gift. It's the hope of that freedom that leads me to try and often ask for forgiveness. Something God does for us daily. 
Matthew 6, 12, the center of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we are also forgive our debtors. So in giving that gift of forgiveness, we get blessed. Forgiving others and forgiving ourselves is one of the hardest things we'll probably ever have to do. If you have an issue with this, seek out a friend or a pastor, get prayer. Forgiveness is a journey, especially when there are really deep personal and hurtful situations in your life. So it's, but it's so worth it as it frees us and gives us hope in return. Please don't leave here today without starting that journey. It's not just a hope, but a reality to know that I've been forgiven and to be let go of the things that let others control us. Because when you don't forgive someone, they're still controlling you and they're probably walking around and don't even know what they've done or, or care. But that forgiveness that you can give them frees yourself. So as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he removes our transgressions from us. I've just got a reading here that I found from the Celtic prayer book about in, on Advent, which gives a lovely picture of this very thing. Advent is traditionally a time of preparation for Christmas. It is said that the door to the stable where the Christ child is being born is very low. And only those who kneel find access. Being ready for Christmas should mean that our thoughts are focused not just on letters and cards and presents and work dues and all the other things that come with Christmas, but on repentance, humbling and interior house cleaning. John the Baptist warned his hearers to prepare a way for the Lord, to make a clear and level path. This involves removing any boulder that stands in the way and filling in any potholes. The boulders are the things we have done that we should not have done, and the potholes are the things we've failed to do, which we obviously should have done. The more as individuals, families and congregations we are focused on this way, the less we will be overwhelmed by the commercialization of Christmas. So that final gift of hope is forgiveness. Can't do a sermon without talking about gardens. Hope as a seed. I was just thinking about, I saw a poster the other day and it was a series of pot plants and it said, what you nurture is what grows. And they had a list of things like anxiety, worries, low poor self-image, um, anger, and then they had one that said self-love, and they were watering it. Seeds are a gift, um, and they, for me, they symbolize hope. That's a little seed, as small as a mustard seed, it's, or as large as any another kind of seed, I was thinking of a, um, a mango seed, you were trying to cut up a mango, they've got that big thing in the middle. Some of those seeds are are beautiful, some are quite ugly, they're not in a nice container, 
but they're all wrapped up as potential, which is hope. But with water and nutrients. And funnily enough, most seeds germinate in the darkness of the soil. They are softened and they break through from potential, from that hope to a reality. And as Christians, we have the privilege of free access to prayer. These are the things we can be using to nurture that hope in ourselves and in other people. We have free access to prayer. We can study God's word and spend time with him, getting to know his character and trust him more, just like the people in the Bible. We can step out in faith and do something out of our comfort zone, knowing that we have a living hope. Jesus risen from the dead. We can love when it's hard, talking, forgiving and trusting, not in our own strength, but in that of our Father. So if you plant a house plant, if you plant in your garden, or if you're going through a walk through a park and you come across a seed, think of all the hope that's inside, just like the hope that we have inside of us. Romans 15 verse 4. For everything that is written is to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now Mary and Joseph, back to them. We read today from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. What can Mary and Joseph teach us about hope? We already discussed some of them. They had their lives before them, and all that was dashed when Mary became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But as Romans 5, verses 3 to 5 tells us, rejoicing in those small sufferings, hope we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we all go through hard times. We all have difficult decisions to make, like Joseph did. We all have difficult circumstances put upon us at times in our life, like Mary did be pregnant to it, well she knew it was the Holy Spirit, but the rest of the world didn't and they would have judged her for it. So in obedience, we see Mary and Joseph growing in love for each other and for this child. Mary carried that seed of hope for nine months and 33 or so years, waiting for the potential, suffering and grief and worry and all the things that we know as parents or just as members of our family as she would have watched Jesus grow. Taking time to so just take time to contemplate that this advent on what Mary and Joseph maybe can teach you. So this morning I think hope I have we've defined what hope is. We have looked at hope as a gift and the things that we as believers can share with others the gift of Jesus himself, getting to know him and sharing that, the gift of love, <coughs> love, the gift of eternal life and the gift of forgiveness. And we've seen hope as a seed with potential, something waiting to happen. 
and we've reflected on Mary and Joseph and what they can show us about love. To finish, I'd like to pray a prayer for you, which is the benediction from Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace as you trust him with over, and be overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May Christmas interrupt you this year.